With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is episode 71 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and this week I'm joined by Miff, James and Paddy as we continue our coverage of Celtic's pre-season ahead of the 20, 22, 23, 24, how many seasons? 2022, 23 season. Paddy, welcome back for your first show of the new season. What are you saying after your extended break? Um, it's good to be back, guys. Uh, it's been the longest summer of my life. I had a lovely holiday, but I'm just like, where's the Celtic? So it's nice seeing the pre-season games again. They're just not the same. They're just not the real thing, but... It's, it's good seeing the boys kind of getting a good run out and energy levels are, are looking really good. So, aye, just buzzing for the 30th, 31st. 31st, 31st yep. aye. Sunday kind of, 31st. Should know the date as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew, you were there on Saturday to eat strawberry Blackburn. What's your general take on that one? Uh, first half, very good. Um, second half, not so good. Hmm. That's my that's my general take. Uh, very succinct. I thought... At times we played some some brilliant football, caught a bit cold. Probably the only criticism of the first half was we felt a wee bit open defensively in terms of that structure, no feeling quite yeah. right. Um, we kind of get broke on a, a good few times. Um, but all in all, some of the play, I mean, Jota, Kyogo, Abada as well, a couple of times his final ball let him down, but he, he looked electric out in the wing. Um, midfield looked solid enough. Uh, just... Yeah, just maybe maybe just a wee bit there. I don't want to be overcritical because it's pre-season, it's about fitness. And also, you know, to play such an agricultural team in Blackburn um, obviously gave us a, a very robust test. Um, I think they travelled north on a grow bag rather than a bus. <laughs> Fair enough. James, you were also there on Saturday. Any key takeaways for you? I've talked about, you know, some of the good stuff in the first half. We did concede after 21 settings. Do you know what? So solid crew. Twenty-one yeah. seconds to go. You'll be the same if that goal went in and you went not the least bit worried. Mm. You know, so that there's going to be that and part, of, part of Angie's game that you know we'll, we'll lose goals and then we'll go and score goals. And, and we did. They took a grip of the game after five minutes. The first half was was all Celtic, and it was no surprise to be ahead. I, I agree. The, the, the second half was, you know, quite the, the pace slowed all that stuff. My concern on that and caveat with it's pre-season. My concern is. Where's my second string? You know, where are they really showing up to say, hey, I should be first 11 here? I think we've got a wee bit of work to do there. And, you know, they're all working behind the scenes to get new signings in. But just, I want to see more urgency from the, the, the second 11 to be chapping the door for the first. I agree with that. I think the, the 14, 15, 16 is pretty strong. But I think it's when Celtic have to dip into the reserves. We're not quite covered across the bases, are we? No, no. And what you need to remember is you've got... Um, on the bike when he's young coming to a new country I don't, I don't think we can expect him just to, to come in I thought I actually thought I'm not just saying this but I thought Taylor was, was very good um, on Saturday Bernabeu looked a wee bit nervy when, when he came on completely natural um, we, we need to understand where we are in the process in terms of the evolution of the squad 
that said, um, I thought there was more good than bad. It's just because you've come away and they've scored an equaliser through a really sloppy goal. The passage of play was really sloppy, leading at the free kick. You were kind of a wee bit, just a wee bit frustrated. And then because of the changes, we weren't able to build the head of steam up to really go and, go and chase the game. Um, but there, I, I thought there was loads of positives. Um, more positives than negatives, definitely. Just, I think it did highlight that there is still more work to be done. Um centre half and in, in midfield for me that's it yeah well, I'll tell you what we'll do we'll, we'll catch Blackburn and everything just in a second but I just want to set the scene for this week's show so this week what we'll be doing is we'll be getting our pre-season predictions from all the guys here with a big kickoff against Aberdeen now less than two weeks away before that we'll take a look at those two recent friendlies against Blackburn on Saturday and against Bannock Ostrava from last Wednesday we'll also look forward to the Arthur, Arthur Boric tribute game which takes place against Ligia Warsaw in Poland, Poland on Wednesday of this week and then we go back to Celtic Park to play Norwich on Saturday afternoon we'll also be sure to throw some unfounded transfer rumours and speculation into the mix James as is the way but let's start with that friendly against Blackburn so as you all will know Celtic 2 Blackburn 2 goals from Jota and Turnbull Paddy I was just going to add into what the guys were saying there that there was some brilliant play some really good incisive you know first touch passing my slight disappointment is that the two goals didn't quite come from open play Jota scored a you know capitalised after a corner and obviously Turnbull scored what was a deflected free kick it would be nice if some of the, the good open play was rewarded with some good goals, wouldn't it? Definitely. I think um, I think their keeper had quite a bit to do, though. Um, and actually made some some routine saves, but some good saves as well. Um, I think that just comes from just getting your, getting the practice out there. And the, finishings, the finishing from a lot of the players isn't directly at him. I think a lot of the shots were straight at him um, on Saturday. So I'm, I'm not... I wasn't too concerned. And I, I kind of know what you mean with, like, good first half not great second half. Massive amount of changes though and just a lot of stops starting for Kevin Clancy for a bloody pre-season friendly as well. Mm. Like, just let the game flow. Don't get me wrong, we were talking about it after like, merited bookings for, for, for friendly, Oh my God. He, he tried to let it go initially and then he went, well, I need to stop this. Uh, but even there was a couple of times the ball was rolling and I know he played a pass, he pulls it back the boy threw the ball out again, rolling more than it was the first time, and he just lets that go. And you're like, keep, keep up with it, mate. Like, yeah. just four bookings for Blackburn, three in the first half. That's yeah. quite unusual for a friendly, isn't it? He had to, but it was, you know, you were looking at players getting kicked out of the game and not being ready for the, the first game of the season. So yeah. it had to be nipped in the bud. You know, he, he tried to let it flow initially, but nah, it was it was poor. It was poor from a guy like uh, John Dal Thomason, who you know. Plays about football and stuff. Maybe he's just stepping into a team that yeah. really needs overhaul. I, I won't hear a word against John Dad <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> no, he's, he's a clever lad. He's a clever guy. Aye. Aye. He's yeah. a clever, clever um, But they, they certainly turned up with a game plan. And I, I was talking to James earlier on. I think if you're Blackburn Rovers, you come up against a Celtic side, confident, you know, free-flowing football at home, you kind of need to play to your own strengths. And mm. I think the onus is on Kevin Clancy to make the calls because... Blackburn will, will challenge like that and tackle like that until they can't, and you know, until they start packing up the booking. So it's up to the ref to enforce that early, I think. Yeah, and, and, and like I say, as a pre-season friendly, yeah, you should just be letting the game flow. But there was, I think it kind of stemmed from, for me, Jota. I think Jota gave them the runaround for the first 15 minutes and the, they just didn't want to take that. Um, they, were, they were trying to leave the boot in them all the time. But one thing I, I loved about them on Saturday was it was basically like, I can take this all day, boys. Especially when he chips the boy oh. uh, with, with the ball just for the let's day. Let's was... let, let's discuss that, Jota. <laughs> it's definitely on the agenda. So 
everyone will have seen it now, just audacious flicking over the, the oncoming defender's head. Now you hear in football and you know, I'm involved in a bit of amateur football and stuff like that and you, you're always telling guys, listen, cut out the flicks, the yeah. nutmegs, the tricks, they don't get you anywhere. But they should, Matt, because it was beautiful, wasn't it? Oh, it's just that that's what, that's what you go for, really, isn't it? I mean, it's to, to see somebody perform at their, at their peak and I think what, what we're seeing with Jota, the benefit of pre-season, the benefit of him being settled with the move, we, we touched on it last week, you know, he's, he's in an environment where he knows he's a man. And and what you're seeing is that bring itself out in the pitch. You know, he's showcasing that. And it was it was magic. And I do think it was in direct response to just how much punishment he'd taken on the yep. day for a mm-hmm. pre-season friendly. I thought it was fairly ridiculous. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, the big ginger fullback won't be forgetting him in a while. No, torrid time he gave him. I just think he showed more than a glimpse of what he's capable of. There was a one very powerful run early on in the game where he, I think he's not made two or three guys but also with an end product. You know, it's yep. one thing not making guys and then it maybe breaks down or you run out of the park. He's got something at the end of it. As well as all these flicks and tricks, he's strong, he's fast, he's direct. And I think we're going to see something really special of him this year. I hope so. It, it, it all points towards that. Um, bit of a worry when he was down after the goal, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no. But uh, really brave, really brave to, to get in there and take the hit knowing you're going to take the hit as you're, as you're finishing it. So, real accurate finish. No, I, I, I thought it was outstanding, specifically first half. Just a, an absolute joy to watch. Yeah. Paddy, uh, on less of a positive note, we talked about losing that early goal, 21 seconds in. Uh, we also lost an early one against Banico Strava during the week, seven minutes in, I think. Should we be discussing that? Is it any note, you know, any point of concern or is it just pre-season stuff? Pre-season stuff, yeah. But um, also, well, without... Probably our main starter in, in Carl Starfelt. Um, and we're looking at the likes of Julian, who, whether he's interested or not, he's de- definitely not up to speed. <clears throat> definitely not up to speed. And Stephen Welsh, again, someone... I actually thought Stephen Welsh looked a lot better. Some of his passing, some of his control on the ball, he just looked a lot more confident. But there's still just that full confidence missing I think that'll come with games obviously if he's going to be I think he is going to be our starter for this season I do who? Uh, Stephen Mills before Starfield comes back before Starfield comes back to up to uh, pace I, I think that's inevitable eh? yeah, there's yeah. no other choice so not bad a couple of times he, he, he could have probably done better for the goal um, I think he's maybe just getting a wee bit don't know. He just needs to have a bit more dig about him when the ball's coming into the box, I think, and, and be a bit more aggressive. I think that'll come, though. No, I do. The, in the second half, I noticed a couple of times, it, it just doesn't... It was something I used to notice um, Jack Henry do. Just doesn't read the danger. A couple of times, all he has to do is tuck in. It's quite obvious where the danger's come from, and he, he almost leaves it to Carter Vickers. Mm-hmm. As if just yeah. assume that he's going to get it. Instead, he just came round on the cover. he done it twice. Um, and again, I don't know whether it's concentration, whether it's just you know, a lack of willingness to yeah. do it, whatever it might be. Um, but it's what the best centre-halves do. You know, you don't leave it to, to, to somebody yeah. else. You, you make sure that you're on your toes to get across in the cover to go and help. So uh, with Welsh, um, you would have hoped that would have been an area of his game he would have developed. I, I don't think he's devoid of talent at all. No, I think no. he's, you know, he's somebody who's very willing. Um, some of his early season performances last season I thought were really good. Mm-hmm. And then, he was a bit unlucky he sat out of the team for so long but it proved justified because Carter Vickers and Starfield built the, the partnership that they did um, it's just it's just interesting it's interesting for the point of view of you kind of know you're not first choice but you're getting thrust in there probably mm-hmm. almost adds a wee bit more pressure plus he's homegrown as well you know it's it's it, it, it's quite a tricky situation for him but listen it's all about his mentality this is a great opportunity for him mm-hmm. he should be coming in looking at this as his opportunity to really cement his place in the squad Um 
regardless of that, I still think we're going to go and buy somebody. I, 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 I think I, I don't think yeah. Angel want to risk, you know, Starfield being out for a prolonged period of time and Welsh being the only option there. And don't get me started in Julian. I'm going to get you started on him in a second, but I think with Stephen Welsh, I think there's I think there is definitely a player there, there's definitely a talent, but I think from his point of view, you mentioned mentality. I think there's a lack of belief from him that he is the man to be one of Celtic's starting centre halves. As you say, he knows when everyone's fit and available, he does play second fiddle to Starfelt and Carter Vickers, despite the fact that the previous season, you know, the, the Lenny season, if you like Lenny's last season, he was another present, maybe more of a necessity than anything else. And I think he maybe just lacks that belief that he can go and be a starting centre half for Celtic. I think you can see that within his game. There's just a wee bit of anxiety. We'll move on from that, myth and we'll move to Chris Julian because I spoke with you um, a bit after the game on Saturday night and you were upset, to say the least. Tell us what you're thinking. Well, listen, so half-time was really interesting because there was fitness work going on at half-time involving players that they played in the first half. Yeah. So there was some as you would call them doggies, some sprints getting done both across the park and the Celtic half, but also halfway line to byline as well. So the, the four running were Juranovic, Taylor, Abada, Kyogo. I think Juranovic won every single sprint. I, I mean, honestly, it, it actually was making me want to spew up my pie <laughs> um, just watching them. Your four pound nineteen pie. Were, I'm, I'm charging nowadays. Four pound thirty nine. Sixty two. It was. It, it, don't get me started on that either. Um, the maybe you're the problem. The, maybe I'm. Uh, the the work that they put in, considering they played a half a football, um, and and fairly, you know, it was quite quite clammy, close conditions, and then to do what they done was was phenomenal. What an effort! I mean, Juranovic is. Just Athlete. ridiculously fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, and it's, you know the guys that was up against are no slouches either. Kyogo Abada, obviously Greg Taylor, the kind of natural athlete. And what was so telling was all the other players in the squad were on the pitch doing different bits. Idaguchi, who was just about to go on, was doing some some fairly strenuous sprint work as well. And on Saunters, Big Julian just swaggers on Cigar right hand. up to the middle of the park. And then does what I would call a myth warm up of <laughs> sides, sides, no in any particular direction, they're going anywhere. <laughs> and then meanders doing enjoys in a game of kind of keep ball. That was it. That was it. And even when he walked onto the park, he's walking slouched, kind of just, you know, really disinterested, really vague, and it really get my back up. Because at the end of the day, he's going to leave. We all know he's got to leave. He's wanting want out, and that's absolutely fine. You've got guys like Rocco Vata, Boston Lowell, Stephen Welsh probably could include in there as well. He's a senior member of that squad. I don't care if you're leaving or no. You're get, I'm pretty sure his wages still getting every month. Or, you know, yep, just right. because you're leaving doesn't mean you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Go on there and show show these kids how you do prepare for a season, how yeah. you do prepare for a game, because you don't do that. I mean, for me, it's just an absolute disgrace. I, I, would have, I just wouldn't have him anywhere in the squad. He should also be looking to impress his future employer, whoever that may be, exactly. whether it's somebody on loan or, or longer term. He's in the shop window. Angie's given him a, a chance to go and perform there on Saturday. I don't think we'll see him again. I don't think he'll feature on Wednesday and I don't think he'll feature against Norwich on Saturday. And that may well be him done in a Celtic shot. I was so surprised to see him come into the team um, for the first first pre-season after obviously the Schalke deal fell through. Um, was it? Was it a chance for him? Not or to was stay. to stay? But then... Uh, he's He's got to look at it like it was, though, and, I, he, di- I, and he didn't. Why? Well, just give uh, Lawell and, and uh, Welsh the go-ahead then. 
use two fight it out because by the way you could be starting the season mm -hmm. instead of wasting our time on that I found it very strange that you get brought in yeah. I understand it's a short window but teams know what Christopher Julian can do right and what they're probably now starting to realise is well hang on a minute are we going to be able to create a deal for him because he's said no to Schalke it's not been Schalke saying no to him mm -hmm. it's all personal to him so didn't get the thinking behind it but bringing him in for these games like you say I, I, if he's not wanting to be here then go him and him and Adaguchi are fairly culpable for one of the Banica Strava goals as well mm. really really slow to react really slow to react and, and again you know I don't think a big man's really bothering his backside to be perfectly frank with you, which therefore begs the question why have him in there at all but yeah. by the same token the squad doesn't exactly drip me experienced centre-half so maybe Ange is expecting better from him than, than what he can offer in terms of his professionalism yeah I do think part of it will be shop window stuff I think Ange and Celtic will say right okay well listen if we're looking for buyers people will want to take guys who are up to match speed who are prepped and ready to go and maybe start games for a club next week for example so maybe there's just a wee bit of that and the yeah. fact that we didn't have a lot of cover in that area plus I, I cut a half some when you spoke to me I was quite hit up that <laughs> do you know what I, I could tell over the call I was quite hit up I was quite hit up but it was it, no that way it was just you were certainly emotional me. it was just at me I get it. I get yeah. it. Let it go, man. Um, no. That aside, um, you will have noticed in the last few games, certainly, that Joe Hart is clearly playing very, very high. And Back clearly, under, clearly under instruction from Ange. Is MD St. Connor Salmon? Well, he should be scoring <laughs> from there. There is a chance he's going to get lifted. You know, somebody's going to kind of find the, the quality to lift over him. The thinking is, by all accounts, and you know, I've read this, this isn't my theory, but with Joe Hart being so high up in the centre, it allows the centre-halves to split and go that wee bit further out so that when they do receive the pass, they've got more chance of breaking the lines and finding one of your forward players, which is all well and good um, until you get caught out with it. But I suppose, you know, with the fact that we don't have to play qualifiers this month and the luxury of that, you know, is now the time to be experimenting with that? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think Ange, and he's spoken about it in various interviews and stuff, but he always tries to change at least one, if not two or three things on every new season because we saw it under Brendan Rodgers we blew everyone away and then everyone went oh you play like that we'll play like this they, they worked it out and we kept playing the exact same way the whole time Rodgers was there and just saying we know you'll do that so we're going to change something whether it's your goalie's Abaki or they're really moving towards one touch football you know two touches now a luxury yeah it was a lot quicker well some of the attacking play was a lot quicker right. you were at the yeah. training thing today no, no, no I didn't go myself and Tino went there and it was Really, really intense one touch, you know, three teams kind of playing amongst each other, kind of thing. That's how we lost the goal because they were well, it's straight off the kickoff. They tried to play like a wee kind of triangle yeah, and Matt, field, Matt Riley's pass was just Aye. off yeah. to McGregor. But listen, that, that's the time to fine tune that. Exactly, fine tuning against Blackburn. So when you come up against Aberdeen, you're good to go and everyone's up to speed. Plus, how could you stay mad at Matt Riley? We lost the goal in the 21st second by 30 seconds and I was over it. Aye, Matt, aye. Matt, don't blame yourself, sir. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, just to the to the question, it is the time to try that. And, you know, you're, you can do so much in training, but you can't recreate that genuine game environment unless you do it, you know, at Celtic Park and otherwise. So I think it is the right time to try it, Paddy, and, and get the players to be more brave in possession. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, something like, if Joe Hart's going to be playing up a bit further this season and we're taking that risk, 
is there many in this league that can can finish <laughs> from well, that distance? I, I think it's a risk worthwhile taking. I'm not yeah, but being, Real Madrid can. I uh, know, but we're not going to do it. We'd be doing that in Europe. I, well, this is I, my this is my follow on question. <laughs> so Ange doesn't change much for anybody. So it's all well and good. I mean, I thought we we pressed very high against Blackburn. Yeah, and I thought it was paying dividend. I thought we won the ball in their final third on a few occasions. And if we were a wee bit sharper, we might have got a couple of goals out of that. I think the high press looks more aggressive now than it has done in any other time under Ange. Mm-hmm. And it's all well and good against Aberdeen, Hearts, Rangers, whoever. Is it a different story, Miff, when you go to the Champions League and those teams have got the quality to play around you and pick you off on the break? Because we were exposed a couple of times against Blackburn. Yes. Yes. I love it. That's why you're here, Miff, that detailed insight. Well, listen, I haven't sat through the, the towns that we received at the hands of. PSG and Barca and things is you know it's no nice. The alternative to that is, are well the other question to that is what is the alternative? Do you, do you just sit and do a, a lining and can I just sit and wait to get beat? I know we yep. beat Barcelona. Yeah. I know we beat Barcelona. I, I don't mean I, I mean over the, the course, um, you know even some of the games that we won under Stratton, they were very nervy, nervy <laughs> uh, occasions where we, we didn't play a lot of football. You know your possession would have been very very low. That said, I don't really like watching it get scudded. So um, I think an element of pragmatism, I would like that to come in. Will it? I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. And I think how we are seeing Celtic play just now is how, how we'll see them play. Hopefully just a wee bit more polished so that they keep the ball a bit better. And, and I thought, even seeing it with Segrist, when Segrist came on, mm-hmm. Segrist pushed away up as well. He made, it, he made a couple of really good saves. He did. He did. He did. Was he questionable for the goal he lost? Paddy, goalie point of view, should he be covering that? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't um, think it, it wasn't ferocious, was it? No, the, the strike? no and it was on his side. Passed, passed mm-hmm. in. His wall was doing the job of protecting that side of the net. Yeah. He should have covered the others. The only uh, kind of uh, allowance I gave him was the fact that it maybe came through a ruck of bodies, maybe. But then you should be setting yourself up and giving yourself an idea, a very good idea, if not the full sight of the ball. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's simple. But I understand it was fairly central. Um, but yeah, I'd still... Your players should be kind of helping with that too. Yeah, in the wall. In terms of the, the game in general, Paddy, um, as much as you know, we've talked about some of the the industrial challenges and, and the kind of heavy challenges. I, I also noticed in each half, at different times, once on Joe Hart, once on Segrist, their striker has actually blocked the goalie from throwing the ball yes. out. You know, physically, yes. I mean, that's a nonsense at, at any time. The, bo- the boy actually ran in and he did. Segrist, Segrist just turned in the deck. The boy started, ran in, tried yeah. to just slap, yeah. bang. Yeah. Uh, strange, very so, strange. Man. So that was strange. But all of that aside, Paddy, I actually thought it was a good test. I thought they played some good stuff. And I actually think them being quite physical and aggressive isn't a bad thing because you'll come up against lots of that domestically anyway. Aye. And I actually thought, what, what's the alternative going and, you know, beating another team like Viner Victoria 7-0? Well, do you know, it's, it's even thinking about, like sometimes when the, the pre-season friendlies come out, you're a wee bit... What's the point? What's the point? But then actually games like that, this is kind of the level that you're up against. I know a lot of the league gets um, brought down to a lower League 1, League 2 level, but no, the, you wouldn't be surprised if a if a top six side in the Scottish League would go and, and give Blackburn a game. You know, it's, it's a very, very equal level in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that, that is what you're wanting to be facing. It was like a team of Scott McKenna's. <laughs> <laughs> you're just Jack a team of Scott just McKenna's. Just big laddies, man, that just <laughs> were just right up for it and why to run through everything uh-huh. you know just but I, I, they had I think the number 10 the good player he was looking to kind of pick up the ball in pockets of space but other than that it was, it was fairly uh-huh. aggressive mm-hmm. play I think you know touch wood and stuff all the players 
more or less escaped injury. I know Tony Ralston had a cut in his foot. He trained today. James, we've seen him doing some different stuff there. So I think, you know, as long as you can bank on guys surviving the, you know, the, the test, I think it's a good game to take. Just on that point, I think that's somebody who did thrive on that game. I know he went off oh, that oh, absolutely he loves absolutely it. He, he got that. a couple in. He got he a couple yeah, yeah. in. He came on and he was quite like, this Aye. is my type of game. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I thought he actually done really well up until he went off injured. Yeah. I, I, I just, he's just so funny. You, you, can add, uh, you can add James McCarthy to that. Yeah, he came he in and cemented a couple Did he get booked actually? He should have if he didn't. I think he did. He did. He helped out. I think it was Idiguchi. Come in with, with an actual a good tackle, but the way the ball went, it went into a 50-50 and I think the boy just beat McCarthy to it. Not that he should, it wasn't anywhere near it. I'm not saying he was slow on it. And he'd he done the boy, it was a great tackle. Ah, he was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think James is looking sharp and lean. Watch this space. We'll discuss him in a wee moment. It's a new Mikey Jones. Mikey Johnson's also still in the mix. Um, the other game Celtic took part in last week was Bannock Ostrava uh, on Wednesday night. So Bannock of the, the Czech Republic. They were celebrating their 100th anniversary with this game. I'm not sure if it was the club or the company that were 100 years old, but we'll maybe try and work that out. I don't believe there's any differential in uh, Czech law. I hear you. <laughs> so the fans created a pretty good atmosphere. And actually, you know, from their point of view, they'll be delighted. They took an early lead seven minutes in. But Celtic's quality really came through uh, with goals from Kyogo, O'Reilly, Jack Amakis, brilliant goal, and Abada. And it was good to get that second one of the tour. Absolutely. And I thought they, again, some of the, the, the play through through midfield um, to attack was, was excellent. Uh, just we haven't really mentioned them for the game on on Saturday game against Blackburn, but Kyogo's general movement yeah. is just an absolute joy. It really is, um, and you saw that again to great effect in battling cup with him and Turnbull for for two of the goals. So I I watched that game and I thought we're we're in a good place. Then moving on to Saturday for the first half, you, you can see what we're going to be hard to contain this season. There's just, we seem a bit faster, whether that's to do with tempo or whether just the players having time to kind of physically develop that yeah. they didn't really have last season because the team was thrown together. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do think you can see, all the games seem to have been really, other than the Vinard game, all the games have been really competitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you're seeing the, the benefit of that and just the, the, the preparation the, the players are getting. Yeah. I think there's no doubt there's, particularly from the first half against Blackburn on Saturday, there's things that players were taking two touches to do previously and they're now doing it in one. And it's good to see. You can see the ball moving on very quickly. Even the goalie, when the goalie can, he's doing it in one. And it's just, some of the one-touch stuff's been exceptional. And there was some really great passages of play, definitely in the first half, but also in the second, not to be completely dismissive of the guys that played their part in the second half. There was also some good moves that, you know, could have, you know, paid dividends. To get back to the, the Bannock game, the four goals are four excellent goals. Yeah. They're really good goals. Let's talk about Jack Amakis' goal because he's been in and out in pre-season for different things. I believe he's, his wife's just about to give birth and that's why he missed the game on Saturday. But his finish for the third goal, it was pure Jack Amakis. He's just so sharp in that in that area. Comes to life his, in the box, James. Aye, he really does. Um, he's just looking for it and he's got such a range. No, no matter what height that ball comes in at, he's got an answer for it. You know, if it's on the deck, if it's a header, you know, it was somewhere between a header and an overhead kick, he could have gone with either. Went with the kind of semi-overhead kick. Just an absolute cracker. So excited to see him with a full pre-season and all the confidence from, you know, he's, he's finished. He's, he made a good comment last week. 
Where's my top goal scorer trophy? Nah, where's a trophy? You know, where is it? Guys? Uh, Charles Cook just legged it with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's away to Belgium or something. Just well, I'll take that. It's right. a bit, yeah. bit of a mystery. Paddy, it was a brilliant goal and also a very decent cross from captain of the moment, Tony Ralston. Uh, I think he was wearing the band at the time. Do you know something? Some of his uh, deliveries on Saturday as well. Yeah. Pinpoint. Yeah. Oh, it really is. Um, really, really good to see. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, gives you a lot of confidence for, for what he can achieve. He's, his deliveries last season as well actually were really really good and I think he's just settling even more into the role uh, which he's comfortable with and yeah and, and that's made me think what you know I mentioned there about Stephen Welsh I don't think yet fully believes he's a, a Celtic player yeah. Tony Ralston does mm-hmm. you know and Tony Ralston by his own uh, you know he, he would ad- admit that he has his limitations but he's so driven so focused and he's got such belief in himself and I think if Stephen Welsh took a you know a leaf out of that book it would really Bring him on to the same levels. I'd kind of give you the same thing about Mikey Johnson as well. I would. A wee bit of lack of belief. Aye. Yeah. Total lack of belief, sad, sad, sadly. Yeah. It goes a long way. Still mm. time for Mikey. I would hope. Uh, I'd he, also... His, his cameo on Saturday was completely bereft of any confidence. Yeah. Yeah. He that's, did that's play one thing. really good through ball. I've watched the game back and he played a really good through ball and I'm, I'm hanging on to it for dear life. <laughs> so, how was your season? Played a lot of good through balls. Played a great through ball and a friendly. Yeah. Nah, listen, we'll get to Mikey and, and some other guys in a moment. I'd also like to touch on Matt O'Reilly, Paddy. So he also got amongst the goals with his second goal of the preseason. A really nice finish from distance. It was a great ball and I think from Turnbull. Yeah. Uh, and he's just got out in his left foot and curled by the goalie. Can you expect a guy like Matt O'Reilly to now chip in with maybe 10 plus goals a season? I, yes, I'd hope so. I generally see a huge amount of rotation with the team this year, but um, it's not to say that you can't you can't still produce those levels. Um, I think it's a big year for him. I think he is the most likely to kind of fill this void that, that Rogic is leaving. And um, as I said last year, the jury's still slightly out for me um, about Matt O'Reilly. I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. We've only seen what he can do within six months. I think it's a big year for him and I'm so, I, I want him, like I say, I want him to prove me wrong. I think he will. I think he's good enough. I just, I need to see it a bit more. Yeah, I get that. And I'm very hopeful that he's going to really kick on. He looks confident and fit at the moment yeah. in pre-season. They all do actually, they're all looking very, very sharp. I was going to just finish this section with by just asking about that. So obviously, Celtic finished the pre-season tour of Austria in the Czech Republic unbeaten. Two wins and a draw, that's, that's all well and good. But more importantly, uh, I think will have been the quality time that Angie's been able to spend on the training pitch with these players. Absolutely, and he, he did reference that in the, the post-match. I think it was with uh, Vienna, excuse me, with the Vienna game, that how good he felt the sessions had been. And again, I think what he was trying to do, he, he made reference a couple of times as well to the fact that they were playing opposition in fairly hostile environments in games that kind of meant something or, or were played like they meant something yeah. I think it's fair to say Blackburn continued that trend <laughs> on, on Saturday so that's obviously been by design it's something that he's, he's wanted you can only imagine how, how the sessions must be going as well the, the players do look really really sharp um, it's yeah, it's everything last pre-season wasn't mm-hmm. for Ange so it must be it must be like you know must be an absolute gift for him yeah, and there's even there's several individuals that you can point towards. I've mentioned James McCarthy. I think he was training on his his own at this time last season. You brought in Cameron Carter-Vickers in the last day, Jota on the last day, Jack Amakis in the last day. And as you say, these guys were literally going from airports to stadiums, you know, jumping on board. I think Starfelt 
you know, signed on a Friday, played on a Saturday, all this kind of stuff. Kyogo, so, Kyogo went straight. And the heart, straight, yeah. straight to all that kind of stuff. And as you say, this season is everything that last season wasn't. And I think that's got to be so exciting. Um, in terms of the, the remaining pre-season fixtures, so as mentioned, we play Arthur Boric's Legia Warsaw on Wednesday night, five o'clock kickoff. Should be a good game and maybe with a bit of an edge. We know that they've got quite a, a volatile fan base. I think the fan base are a bit fed up with the club. Actually, they had a poor season and then I think they tried to charge fortunes for the I've, tickets yeah, for this so, game yeah. and had only sold 3,000 as of some point last week. Did you, did you see what Boric said? No. If you don't want to go, don't go. Uh, that just sounds like him all over <laughs> the back, doesn't it? I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hopefully there's a, a good crowd for him. I think he deserves a big send-off. And it should be a competitive game. I think there'll be a wee edge to that. So that's one to look forward to. Then on Saturday, we're back at Celtic Park, 3pm kickoff against Norwich. Obviously, they've just come down from the Premiership. So their squad, or the Premier League, sorry. Their squad will be pretty different maybe from last last season but they should have some quality I wonder if is Timo Puke still around actually Aye, yeah. nice. possibly they scored, they scored in pre-season so it'll be interesting to see the challenge they bring I think it, again it'll be a a different challenge to what, what Blackburn brought Paddy do you think we're going to see the, the big hitters and more like our full team over these next couple of games yeah and probably lasting a bit longer as well it's kind of like the you've seen like ideally some possible, a possible starting lineup against uh, Vienna um, and I think that, yeah, definitely the next two games are, they'll, they'll try and rotate it a, a good bit, but I, I think it'll be the 14 15 we were talking about earlier on and probably pay, playing maybe an hour, 75 minutes instead yeah. of changing half the team. Because um, this is it now, this is the, the, they know they need to be ready, they want to be lasting the full 90 minutes and just, just hit the ground running for the season starting a week on Sunday. So. Yeah. So Starfelt remains injured, so that is a concern. And we've spoken about the centre-halves and we'll see it's CCV plus one other. Mm-hmm. And probably right, it's probably Stephen Welsh at this moment in time. Uh, the suggestion is Starfelt will be back and available for the Aberdeen game. But does that mean Ange throws him right in? I'm not sure. I doubt it, it. depends what level of training he's doing just now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be competitive, certainly. He, Was he, he there? Had, Was he there today? No. You know, I didn't see him, actually. It's a good question. So he's doing some sort of rehab programme, but, I think you know, it's we're three, four weeks away from... We're less than two weeks out to that Aberdeen game, so we'll see how that goes. Jack Amakis and Hatati missed the game against Blackburn, but both should be back. Hatati, I think, had a small injury and then an illness, but he trained today and I think they'll be back. So I think we'll see much closer to the the, the proper starting eleven. You know, I, I think what you see against Norwich will be the exact same as you see against Aberdeen. Yeah. The guys yeah. will play until they're subbed, and that'll be like six, like you're saying, 60, 70 minutes. And then that's when you'll see rotation. I don't think you're going to see half-time change team stuff. Mm-hmm. One interesting one, we've not got too much time to debate it today, but I'd like to pick up with you. Maybe next week, Miff, we'll, we'll have a bit more information. Taylor v Bernabé. I think it's Taylor's shirt at this moment in time. Bernabé's come in, looked a wee bit nervy on Saturday, I think it's fair to say, but also looked like he's got something about him. You know, he's he's got a bit of trickery. He's more a forward-minded, more an attacking player than Taylor. And it'll be interesting once things start to thin out, maybe in a similar way to Ralston and Juranovic last year, what Ange eventually goes for. You're not going to spend the money on Bernabé to, to not play him overall, but at the moment it's Taylor's shirt to lose. I would agree with that, yeah. Um, albeit that I think you can see you can see what the plan is with, with somebody like Bernabé is with no disrespect to, to Greg Taylor. Going forward, he, he tends to be fairly limited. Um, he's not somebody that necessarily changes up that often. With Bernabé, you can see he's got a trick. He's willing to come inside. He actually popped up on the edge of the box. Yeah, probably sure. yeah. um, Probably could have scored him maybe been a bit harsher but he, he, he certainly isn't going to be holding himself back for getting you know being really advanced and getting into those positions and what it does is when we, the, the types of games that that we play where there's those 
low blocks, you know, that I know you're so fond of. Um, it's just a different type of problem for these defences to think about, whereas with, with Taylor, there's probably one of only three, four things he's maybe going to do. With Bernabé, I think there's got to be a few more things that he's got to try to, to unlock defences. So for me, absolutely can see what we're trying to do. He just needs games, he just needs to settle, and I think we'll need to give him the time to do that. Yeah, and I think as James says, more than likely whoever we see line up against Norwich on Saturday coming will be the line up for the following Sunday. So we'll watch that space closely. What we'll do now, we'll move on to what is the main theme of today's show. So the Celtic Exchange pre-season predictions. This is going to be a bag of nonsense, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Same as last year. Um, at time of recording, as I'd mentioned, we're now a little under two weeks until the start of the season. So we thought it'd be good a time as any to bring you the pre-season predictions from our knowledgeable and highly respected Muff panel of experts here at the Celtic Exchange. We've broken this down into a few different categories. So those categories are as follows. So number one, the main man. Going to ask you lads who you think will be the standout performer for Celtic this season. Very straightforward question. Number two is a surprise package. So the player you think might come good this season and surprise us all. Number three, new kid on the block. So which youngster is going to emerge from the academy to play a significant part in the season ahead? Number four, an interesting question, a wee bit different, lost in paradise. So which player do you think might surprise us all by moving on this season, either in this window or in January? So a few things to discuss there. And very uh, last question, Trophy Hall and European progress, i.e. what silverware do you think Celtic will lift this season and how far do you think we'll progress in Europe and in what competition? So we'll get to all of that. So let's start with the main man. Miff, I'll come to you because you are the main man here at Celtic Exchange. Uh, who do you think so is going to be... Seems to want the head. Ah, uh, yeah. That's still there, buddy. <laughs> See what you did there, team. I know, you didn't even blush, Miff. That's the thing. You've just rolled <laughs> with it. Uh, who do you think is going to be the, the standout performer for the season ahead? Um, who do I think... I will go for Shota. I, I born one, but based on what I'm seeing, I can only go on evidence. Um, if he continues the way he started pre-season, I think there's only one one candidate. Yeah. If the answer's right, the answer's right. So you don't need to justify yourself to, to me you. or anybody. Thank you. Paddy, where are you at? Uh, Jota. Um, again, just one of those performances on Saturday that made me think, like what we've just mentioned, he looks settled and I just think he's going to have a, a great season ahead. He does very, very strong end to last season and I just think he's going to going to push on yeah James Jota um, there was from the moment he came back and signed his contract there's a change in him just in terms of his his demeanour he just looks so happy relaxed and confident footballers when they're happy relaxed and confident play their best stuff I think we're going to see something amazing from him this year predictions are there to be broken I hope that one's not but <laughs> all the signs are Jota's going to blow them all away. Yeah, do you know what? It might be boring, but four of us all in agreement that Jota is going to be the man. He's an absolute superstar and I'd be amazed if he's certainly not one of, if not the, the top performer this season. Um, obviously, the other obvious candidate might be Kyogo. You know, again, just a superstar in his own right and he's shown glimpses. So I don't think any fan, generally speaking, unless for controversy's sake, would be picking anyone out with those two, would they? Is it just you that gets the two picks? Uh, no, I'm just uh, I'm just pulling rank a wee bit, Muff. I get to play about with the format oh, no, and stuff. Is this like end of season categories when you just make up your own and add one on? In fact, I can <laughs> not we need to get a James subcategory. We can't we can't pass uh, without that. What Michael Johnson do. award goes to subcategory. Where was your subcategory? Subcategory two B. Is it tries the hardest or something? Like that? Was that? No, uh, I can't remember. Club man of the year. I what? <laughs> 
what, what I generally, so I used to win. What I generally try and do is I ask all you lads your opinion and then I just tell you the right answer. Uh, right, okay. The okay process. So we'll continue in that vein. Paddy, let's move on to the next category. So the surprise package, and it's, you know, as mentioned, it's a player that we think might come good this season, you know, against all the odds. There's a couple of candidates. It might be guys like, you know, Adaguchi, who's not yet set the heather light. Maybe James Forrest, who maybe a lot of folk would doubt as his, you know, Celtic career or the best part of it in the past. Mikey Johnson, Albion a Yeti. Can I throw, can I throw <laughs> yeah. in the mix? No, that's Maybe a top goal scorer, mate. James McCarthy. Where are, that, where are you at in that party? Who do you think might come good? Uh, you second name mentioned. I think James Forrest is a big season for him. Um, he looks sharp. Um, again, just one of those ones as we spoke about wingers a lot in this show, it's not always going to be every game they're performing at the highest standards. They need that few goals. They need a bit of confidence with a few assists. But the guy's got bags of experience for us and I just think he'll be crucial alongside Abada out in the right wing this year. Um, aye, I'd say Forrest. Yeah. yeah. James, for yourself? Um, I'm kind of stuck between two. McCarthy's who are most want to be the surprise package um, my big big fan he's when got himself really fit he's got a proper pre-season under his belt he's got bags of experience he's a real it gives us something that we don't really have in the team as a an enforcer you know even on Saturday they're really saying right that's enough of that you know heavy tackling we can do that ourselves how much of that Angel's team really needs I don't know so I'm actually going to go for same guy for surprise package and new kid on the block uh, Johnny Kenny for both Johnny oh. Kenny yeah Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen enough in the kind of glimpses of him to make you think he might have something to offer? Just a wee bit of sharpness. He's, he's that kind of striker that we don't really, he's a bit like a kind of a, a pookie striker, if you like, or what pookie became, not when he was at Celtic. You know, just a six-yard box striker, not in the Jack and Marcus mould, but more in the kind of, you know, Anthony Stokes at his peak yeah. kind of mould, you know. Must be great for a young lad like Kenny. Currently not, uh, not a playing free ball. man. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, for Johnny Kenny, it must be great for a kid like that to be <laughs> learning under Jack Marcus, who I think is maybe closer to his type of striker, but also Kyogo, in terms of the movement, if you, you, you constantly go on about Kyogo's movement, and rightfully so, it's just a great, you know, learning experience for a guy like that. Did you see who he gave thanks to for helping him? I'll be in a yeti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was classy. That's good professionalism for someone like him, just to be at the side of everything and still trying to help out. It, it does play. show you for all the, you know, the chat that we can have about it. Sometimes you don't really know what's going on in the yeah. inner sanctum and there might be stuff behind the scenes. We talk about Julian and you might be right on the money with him. If you might not. He might be passing on all his wisdom to Stephen Welsh and different guys. He probably isn't he? But he might be. And a Yeti, yeah, I, I read that comment, Paddy, and I thought it was good to see. Mm-hmm. If a Yeti, if the writing's on the wall for him at Celtic, and I think it is, yeah. at least he's still being decent and saying to the kid, listen, this is maybe how to make your front post runs and different things. Um, is what that, about is you? That who, is that who you want teaching your, your kids? Well, I don't think there's any doubt that Alvin he is a, player a good footballer. Ah, yeah. he, he got his move to West Ham, you know, for good reason. And mm-hmm. he was banging in the goals for Baal. And it's just not worked out. And that can happen in football. So I don't think he's a bad player, but I do think it's not worked at Celtic. I think we can all see that. Uh, Miff, for yourself, who's the who do you think will be the surprise package? Um, like James, I would like it to be McCarthy. Um but I would, I would go with, James, it seems odd to say James Forrest, but I think based on two things, his interrupted season last season, but also Abada. But Abada basically had a Forrest-esque season with just making significant contributions without necessarily playing well for, for periods of time. That's not what Forrest does. Pops up with a goal, pops up with an assist at a vital time. Um, 
it was stop start for Forrest I think the goal against St Johnson was probably his highlight the final, he, yeah. he, he, he was really disrupted after that so yeah I, I would be hopeful for, for James Forrest I'm, I'm a huge fan a Forrest huge fan um, I just feel you know pre-season under his belt feeling like he is truly part of the squad and the fact he got his extension as well his future's been cleared up aye James Forrest for me yeah I, I almost felt a bit bad at putting him on the list as if it was you know, disrespectful, you know, because I'm talking about surprise package. The guy's won almost as many medals as anyone in Celtic history. You know, his trophy hall's hugely impressive. He's given so much to the club. He's won so much and, and brought so much. But it's the way the fans feel ab yeah. about him at the moment, isn't it? That and also the fact that he, he hasn't really been spoken about as a great asset in the squad. In general, when people are talking, they're talking about, like we've done, talking mm -hmm. about Kyogo and Jota and, yeah. you know, yeah. Abad and things like it's that. Just, it's such an interrupted season last year, he really did. I think that's, that's nail on head for it, for me. And, and what just, is he, 31? 30, 31? Aye, oh, yeah. aye. Young guy, but loads of experience. And as Miff said, he has often popped up with a very important goal or a qualifier goal or a cup goal or whatever it might be. So, yeah, it's a very valid answer. So He's, he's crossing has vastly improved in the last few games, what I've seen. Mm -hmm. His crossing has never been a big big part of his game. It's more byline, isn't it? Aye, aye. But, but he's finding the guy. You know, a lot, lot of kind of byline, we get a corner for it, great, whatever, you know. But he's actually finding his guy in the middle. So, Old dog, new tricks. Yeah, I thought he'd, he'd done really well for the equaliser against Ostrava, mm -hmm. where he found himself in the box. He was kind of an on goal, and he just did the savvy. He cut it back for Kyogo, one touch finish. It was really clever. So, he's a tidy player. Yeah, yes. he's got lots to offer. So yeah, that's an interesting one. So you two lads, Smith and Paddy, agreeing on James Forrest, uh, and James here going for Johnny Kenny. Miff, you won't be surprised to hear that Mikey Johnson features heavily in my suggestions. <laughs> but I do believe for it to happen... He needs to believe that it's going to happen. It, even like so today, we we seen him at the you know the training uh, at Celtic Park, and he's kind of on the periphery of things. And I don't think he's fully committed. I think Mikey Johnson's a guy. I know he's the guy that tore it up at youth level and played in you know UEFA youth leagues and set the heather light and you know caught the attention of so many. But that's not enough. You need so much more to kick on. But I just see such a talent there, and I think it, two things need to happen. I think he needs. To believe in himself and I think he needs people to believe in him whether that's Ange and or the support base as well because the more you get on that guy like Mikey Johnson the worse he's going to become so yeah it's not the fans fault that he's not performing that's, that, that's an early leave Mikey alone <laughs> before the season even starts but I do believe that some of the criticism has been way over the top and very harsh so I, I just hope that he can find it within himself to kick on my observation of kind of what's going on with Johnson though is that Ange knows I think they know there's a player there. there. Aye, but they're, they're just getting so so frustrated with them. 100%. I really do think that that's what's beginning to happen. Like actually talking about some of the preseason games, I heard Harry Kuehl bark at him and I was just like, good, keep that up. Maybe that's someone that's going to say, look what I do, look at this, look at this. Because he I tell you what, he hounded him for 90 minutes. Yeah, that's not a bad thing because no. you've got Harry Kuehl, a similar-ish type of player, you know, yeah. a creative, a 10, a winger, whatever you want to call Harry Kuehl back in his day. And he'll be passed on good advice to Mike, and he'll have played in hostile environments and, you know, big, big games, two cha uh, Champions League finals that we mentioned last week. And somebody like Harry Kuehl could be very important for Mikey Johnson. Yeah. You know, maybe he'll maybe encourage him to block out the noise and he needs to block out the noise. And if you're going to make it as Celtic, that's just part of the gig. You just need to accept you're going to get criticism, fairly or not, and you need to to rise above and show, show what you've got. Yeah. But he's got something and I'm just so desperate for it to come out. No doubt in the talent. Um, two things with Mikey Johnson one's decision making mm -hmm. he, he makes the wrong decision most of the time 
And two, he just hasn't physically developed. I guarantee you, if you take it back and look at videos of who he was playing against at fullback at um, youth level under 16, under 17, they would all have probably put on a significant amount of muscle and, and grown a bit. He, Say that, did he? he yeah. He just, he it was, really it was a point you made. He had the old uh, sleeveless top on, which is always an interesting look, uh, cutting about. Sun's out, guns out and all that stuff, but the guns weren't really there. They get nah. the sabies. Si- <laughs> <laughs> so it was sun's out and not much else. But you're right, Kieran Tierney, for example, he's a great example of a guy who yeah. just, a number of summers ago now just hit the gym in, in a Brian serious Christie. way. Brian yeah, Christie as well. Uh, under instruction, Christy. Yeah. So where's the instruction for Johnson? Mm. But again, Maybe that comes now. Maybe. Well, I, again, I wouldn't be too overly critical of Johnson because he's a winger, he's slight, he maybe wants to keep his agility, his pace and all that. That's not a criticism of Mikey Johnson, by the way. Maybe he's just one of those guys that can't put weight on. I had a friend like that, one of my, my good friends. Um, he'd done everything to try and put weight on when he was, he was training with Clyde and Albion Rovers when he was, he was trying to make it back when we were young and he just couldn't do it. It's just the way his frame was. He, mm. he just could not put that weight on that he needed. And as a, a result, one of the most talented football players I've ever seen never made it because Scottish coaches want somebody that's big and can put themselves mm-hmm. about and stuff like that. But anyway, to, to, to go back to Mikey, that isn't a criticism of him. If you've got the talent, I mean, he's insanely talented, Mikey Johnson. I know, I know it's easy to sit and criticise him and I'm saying, oh, he makes the wrong decision and all that. If you're alone confidence, that's what you do. We've, yeah. we've all been there in any aspect of life. What he does to get that confidence back, God only knows, belief. Yep, again, it's all right to turn around and say, you're a Celtic player, you're a starter, you need to start believing it. But if you go into that park, and I, I thought I, when he stepped on the park on Saturday, it was almost like, oh no, I'm back here. Mm. I'm back here, here we go <laughs> aye, again. Aye. Yeah. Whereas when he's playing abroad and he's away, he's, he's, he's free of all that, he can almost express himself, whereas he goes straight away, it's like he went into the a wee bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully the, the coaching staff can work with him, hopefully Harry Kuehl's got to come in and take a specific interest in him because there is absolutely no doubt for what we've seen, the flashes that we've seen with Johnson, there's a player in there and somebody who can, you know, at the very least, come on in an SPL game and make a difference, can beat a man, drop his shoulder, get to the bio and get in the box. That's the type of thing that he can do. So, yeah. I, being no doubt, I want to see Mikey Johnson do well. Um, I was very frustrated with him on Saturday, yeah. but it's because I wanted him to do well that I'm so frustrated with him. Yeah. So Mikey Johnson, James Forrest, Johnny Kenny, all eyes on you lads to prove us right or wrong in the season ahead. Uh, Next category, new kid on the block. So I'm going to skip you, James, because you've gone skip for away. Johnny Kenny. You see something in him and, and you think he can potentially kick on. Um, Paddy, what about yourself? Is there any lads coming through? Uh, there's suggestions like Sabosun Lawal, who got some decent game time on Saturday. Uh, Rocco Vata. I know Muff's fond of Rocco Vata. Uh, John Kenny, Jamie's mentioned. Owen Moffat. Dane Murray's a guy that I like, but I know he's got a long-term injury just now, Aye. for example. Who do you think might kick on, Paddy? Um I, I don't really know so much this season. Um, I'd say pr- probably Kenny, most likely, out, out, out the names you've just mentioned. Um, Laval's probably going to get brought in if really needed. Um, if you, you're needing Stephen Wells then to be injured, and if we send another centre-half, yeah. then he doesn't feature this season. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd like to see some of these guys go out and loan. I think he's a long guy. Aye, because I, I think there's there's, there's definitely talent there. I, I same with Dane Murray as well. I know obviously he's injured, but... I really like to look at him last season as well. So that, that there's a couple of guys who who did feature last year that seem to have disappeared. Owen Moffat's a name I've mentioned there. Yeah. We know he was around last season at, at times. I think he started a couple of games up mm-hmm. front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Dawson, who started against, no, come on against St. Johnston on boxing. They did well, yeah. yeah. Done well. Not seeing him again. Not to say that they're not developing and doing well in the B team, but we just don't know. We're not seeing these guys. And um, it would remain to be seen if Ange still, you know, pulls these guys through while signing other players, Muff. Absolutely. Um, Dawson's a surprise one for me because I thought, I know I'd only seen him in that game, 
but even keeping up to date with the B team, I think he got an injury not long after that, right. after a party um, last season, but then come back and scored a few goals. Uh, Doss is an interesting one for me. Um, being the father of a ginger, I'm always keen to see them do well. But f- for me, the, the most likely is Vata, um, because I think he's got raw pace. Uh, probably Ben Doak's departure has mm. seen him feature more prominently in, in the pre-season plans than maybe would have been the case. Yeah. Uh, so, whilst Doak was quite, you know, quite sturdy, well-built, he was also really fast. I see that with Vah, he's got a bit of pace about him. If you could say there's maybe a bit of cover we would need, it's that, we spoke about it last week, that's somebody coming off the wing type player um, to support who's already there. That's what creates opportunity for Johnson. I would also say the same for Vah. But I thought, I hate Maeda through the middle. I hate it. Uh, my just right. play off yeah. the wing. It just doesn't work. And, does it? and we Jacques and Marcus being at the paternity and Kyogo off the park. I think it showed we probably need whether it's Johnny Kenny, whether it's Joey Dawson, we need somebody that can kind of step up and be available to play that sort yeah. of central striker role because I just don't think it fits my either, in my opinion. Yeah. I think we all agree with that. I yeah. think my has got so many qualities, but Coming in off the wing is where he's at his strongest. And as a front man, he's not really done it for Celtic as a number nine so far, despite the, the big contribution he made to last season. Um, I'm the same as you, my Rocco Vat is a, a, a kid I really like. And I think I quite like the fact that he's to a huge extent come in under the radar. You know, you weren't hearing too much about him, you know, in, over the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden he exploded onto the scene with a couple of good goals for the B team. He's obviously Rudy Vata's son, which brings its own fame slash pressures. I think he can choose to play for Albania through his dad, Ireland through his mum's family, Scotland through birth and all that stuff. So he's got his options. And at you know, this moment he's picked up caps for Ireland's uh, youth setup. So they clearly rate him as well. And I think if he just keeps his head down and keeps progressing, we talked about Karamoko last week, Karamoko Dembele. And I think a big issue for him was being in the spotlight from such a young age. You know, he, he played, I think, at the age of 13, 14 for the under 20s or whatever. And in hindsight, that was a mistake. I don't think that helped him one bit. I think Rokovat has come in, been developing bit by bit in the background, and now he's kind of making a play to say, here I'm here and I can be involved. Fair play to Karamoko. I, I read part of an interview from him when he signed. He signed for this team, Brest, and he's basically said that he he felt that that was kind of the same. He said it was a, a very like a lot to take in all at the one time, um, but he was very, very thankful to Celtic. And I thought, fair enough. I don't know, obviously, what's happened with the likes of dealt with a lot of injuries at mm-hmm. quite a young age as well. And I don't know, you know, that that does that stunt the the progression for him? He's not in and out of the first team. He's a bit unsure of what's going on. But I just thought that was quite big of him, especially kind of what's happened over the last few seasons. Yeah. And to turn around and say, no, thank you for everything. I thought it was good. I think it takes a lot to make it as a footballer full stop, let alone at Celtic. And a huge element of that is luck. And I mean luck with injuries luck with a coach coming in and believing you, luck with timing when someone else falls out the team and all that stuff. And I think, like Mikey Johnson, the talent is never in question when it comes to Karamoko. I just think some things have gone against him. The fact that he picked up such a bad injury last pre-season, horrendous bad luck at a time where he had a, a small window to to impress Ange Postacoglu, that was taken away from him and he never quite recovered. So like you, Paddy, I wish him all the best and you know we'll see where his career goes. But good to hear him speaking well at the club after his time. I also noticed um, you sniggering when he said Brest. It's really mature. Grow up, Muff. Thanks, mate. Grow up. Um, moving on to the next category. So lost in paradise. So the question is, and the answer might be nobody here, but I've got a sneaking suspicion we might lose 
one or two key players, either in this window or in the January window. You're not going to like who I'm going to see. Well, yeah, tell me. me. me Let's too. go. Start with you, Miff. Kyogo. Yeah. What's your thinking behind that? If he, if he, is, a, if he is another brilliant four or five months, I just think he's that he's that good. You saying losing him before the start of the season? Could be now or could be in January. Ja- I, I mean, right, January, anywhere, January. anywhere between now and January. Ja- I just think if, if Kyogo is Kyogo yeah. for another... If he does Kyogo things, he's, he's off. Ju- he's just... That's how good I think. I don't think, I don't think we'll lose anyone big before before the end of this, this first window, mainly because these players know they're, they're getting a chance at the group stages. And I think that there's such good unity within the team at the moment that they just they want to give it a go. They're going to get six Champions League games. And that then might lead on, depending on where we end up. I mean, obviously we're, we're going to win it this year, but of course, depending on where that kind of leads them to be for January, um, then I think big decisions like that may happen. And I definitely think there is... The threat of Southampton and Kyogo still for me hasn't went away. There's mm. apparently they are very interested in him and we just you need to think his age and you know what he wants to do because it's obviously it's a big move coming over and living in Scotland. It's then they wait two, three years and then not get the chance to play down in the Premier League as well. And he's obviously the other side of the world. So yeah, I think there's something in that. Just on Kyogo, will he be in the Japan squad? I would expect are, they, so. are they at the World Cup? Aye. The, aye. Uh, yeah, no, the yeah. playoffs. No, no, they were ahead of Australia in that group. Oh, yeah. aye. Aye. So, so, so it would be you're talking post World Cup as well. So mm-hmm. there's the potential of him going there, and yeah. doing well as well. Just I'd, listen, I don't want it to happen. Don't. No, know, that's not the question. Eh? Prominent you know, podcaster and Kyogo oh, off no, shock. I no, I mean I'll, I'll be devastated, but I just think everything's set up for him to go and you know. We would have probably been facing the same problem last year had he not been injured. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd die. Sorry, Kyogo. <laughs> Got you. Um, and James, the answer doesn't have to be anyone, but you know, where are you at on that question? DT? You you'll drive the taxi for him at the airport. You? I wanted to, I've said it before. Oh. i said it before. Can't it, I think he's an amazing talent. I just can't see where he fits. Just Particularly takes- if you step up from two touch to one touch football and then there's a block in midfield where the ball slows down. Where does that fit with the game plan? I really, I, I really don't know if it fits I, I love the him. whole thing. I love him, but my mate who was at the game Saturday said, brilliant on the ball, brilliant going forward, but he's easy to take out the game going the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and in the context of Champions League, things like that. Turnover, yeah, yeah. I understand that, you know, a couple of triangles around him, like anybody, but he does seem slow to react to that. I think going forward on the ball, he's exceptional. So I wonder if Ange can just continue to work on his retrieval of the ball or getting back into position I think he's a great player so to be honest with you and so I think he's going to play a big part I think he's really attractive for other teams that don't play the way we play and I think the way we play doesn't really fit so that's my I, I don't do I want him to go actually oh, that's a question does, nah, does, 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 does he <laughs> do, do I want him to go um, does he free up space for someone more dynamic someone more in the mould of Ange, an Ange player yes so you know if, if we're being like professionals or whatever here, then do you want to have no professionals here? Some, someone out of the way to make way for someone that you really want. I really want Turnbull, and I really like him, and I really think he'll shine this year. I wouldn't I be sad if he left him with you there. Oh, do you want to change your side price package? Yeah? It's James, James, we don't Forrest. need these two guys. It's James Forrest, all <laughs> Thanks, Cut yeah. them. Uh, it's an interesting one, and you're not alone with that, James, as well. You know, there are people who are critical of him in terms of his the energy and the kind of pace that he plays at but I don't think anyone can doubt he's a very good footballer and you can doubt his attitude it's, it's not really critical of, of him per se it's more just that I don't think he fits style clash 
Steel Clash. Mm. Socks and sandals. The, uh, the guy that I'll throw in the mix, and it's a guy we discussed last week, is Josip Juranovic. I've still got that niggling feeling that he may move. But I think to your point, my f- common sense steers you away from it because as Paddy said, there's six Champions League games. Nobody wants to walk away from that. Some of these guys won't you know, get many chances to play in you know, Europe, if not club football's top competition. And likewise, the World Cup. Would you really sacrifice or, or even jeopardise a potential place at a World Cup for the sake of a move that you can probably make next year if you really want to? I've been thinking about this since, sorry, Paddy, yeah, since no, I cool. raised it last week. Would he be in jeopardy though? I think he's pretty solid. I mean, even if he went six months in the World Cup. Six months on the bench and then right in the World Cup. Well, judging on how he was doing the doggies, he's got to be that fit that it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. Not to say that he would be on the bench for Atletico or wherever he went, but it's it's always a risk moving to a new club. I just I I just think he is absolute class. He's great. He's He's great. I think he's only kind of just made the right back position with Croatia his own though. And Mm -hmm. that is a risk, you know. Does it let someone else kind of say, well, hang on, I'm... Going to have a shot. Performing here and playing week in, week out. And it's not to say that he wouldn't go and sign for someone. I know he's probably not going to go to Atletico Madrid now, but he could go there and start quite easily, quite like from straight away and, mm-hmm. and not be a rotation player. Um, I just haven't seen anything from him that, for me, that suggests he wants to leave. I, I, I know what happened, obviously, with, with Legia, but that was all down to a closet he had in place for playing in the Champions League. Has he got a clause with us that we don't know about? Well, well, well we don't. We probably don't know. There could be something, but he's playing in that tournament this season. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, again, it could be someone that could, ends up leaving in January. Again, he could go and have a, re- a really good World Cup. I definitely think, I don't think we lose anyone before this window. I think you're right. And you know what? Just to draw a line under that topic, it's not something we're looking to dwell on and certainly not looking to bring a negative. I know some people might be listening to this and breaking out in a cold sweat, you know, questioning what these guys are on about. But it's a valid question at this time because we talk so much about incomings and who might land and who might, you know, come and play a part. It's just, it's, it's relevant to talk about who might go there, are it, it just feels different this year though. It feels like yeah. we are properly building. I could be left by egg in my face come the end of the transfer window, but it does feel like we're, we're not in that position where, you know, yeah. over the past few years it's been Ayer, it's been Edward, it's yeah. been Christie, it's been whoever. All on the basis we've not had Champions League money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, Matthew, you know, I think it does feel like we're building. It's we're on the cusp of something exciting, and it brings us to the very last question. So, what do you think success will be for Celtic this season? What do you think we'll pick up in terms of silverware, and what kind of progress do you think we'll make in Europe? Success is winning the league. Um, I know that's another debating point, which you probably need a separate show for bread and butter. You win the league. Um, that for me, if all we did this year was win the league, would still be a success. Um, I think you're looking to obviously try and get out of the group but as a, as a bare minimum get into the Europa um, What do you think will happen? I think we'll at least get to the Europa From a third place finish? Okay, fair enough And where do we go from there? I've not seen that yet My glasses You can get to Europa final these days They don't call you Mystic Myth for nothing We need to hear you Maybe conference Maybe con- I didn't say if it was Europa League or Conference. Uh, can we get to the nah, Conference? Can sure. we not? Can yeah. we not? What do we need to do? Crawl through a home defence <laughs> or something? I know, I know. I don't I hope somebody feels an ineligible player and they just say, <laughs> uh, and he's got in. go, <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of no, Ligue of Warsaw. No, uh, I'm, that, 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 would be, that would be fine for me. Like I, I, league again, success. Again, much like last season was Andrew's first goal at the SPL and this year's first goal at the Champions League. So, Focus. I think what 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 we're starting for a really low place in terms of Europe 
mm-hmm. given recent seasons. Agreed. Um, other than Lennon's, you know, achievements in in Rome, uh, there's not been too much to to go up. Obviously, Rogers beating Anderlecht was probably by a by a highlight, but nothing sustained. Um, so I think we, you need to give Ange that. It's not like he's just walking in fully prepared for that. It's probably got to take this season for him to get a, a gauge on that as well. Win the league. Just win the league so we can go and do it again. That's the key. It's a fair point. Where do you stand, Paddy? Obviously, I bre- bread and butter win the league. I, um, I, I don't think that's everything you, you sit and base your season on, no. I, I, I know that it's, it's what we want. I, I, I just think We've sat on that for too long. We've sat on that for the, probably the best part of, what, 11 years. It was something we wanted to go and do every year. We didn't win treble straight away under, under Lennon and under Dyla. And I think that Rogers kind of brought a different level of, you know, hunger. Um, and we done the unthinkable with, with, with the trebles that we won. And, and we know it's not easy. I think seeing that last season in the semi-final, yeah. we realised... This has not been, yeah, we, can, we we can't take what we've done for granted. We've not done anything in Europe in a long time. And I think that uh, the board will know that. And I definitely think the Posse Coglu will know that. For me, third would be brilliant. Because you look at some of the teams in this tournament, it's going to be difficult no matter who we draw against. Yep. I'd like to see us kind of get the, the lucky I draw once because I definitely think the groups we've been in, and even in, with the Europa League, is, we, we always come up against it. Yeah. So, and teams that should be in the Champions League as well. But we're here now, and I just generally think that the spending from this summer is going to be a huge indication as to do we want to play in this tournament season in, season out. Um, so I think that third, great. If we can get second, even better. Um, but I don't see us doing anything treble-wise this year. I think the league and finishing third and getting stronger in January and seeing how we're doing in Europa League would be great. Yeah. You talk as well about getting luck in the draws. I think Rangers have drawn Thornywood Juniors and uh, <laughs> Belgium Juniors <laughs> in the next round yeah, to get uh, to the Champions League. Uh, James, what about you? Where do you stand in the whole um, European progress? So I, I take Paddy's point, you know, trebles are hard to come by, but, you know, our biggest block on the treble last year was Bobby Madden and he's away now so <laughs> who steps in but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we've got one ready for you <laughs> uh, I think Angel have that he'll be annoyed by that last year you know, pers- you know professional pride personal pride and, and targets and stuff because it was there for him and we just you know that game being what it was we were never going to get to a Scottish Cup final so I think for me it's a treble and it's a second place finish in the Champions League group stage. I think I'm going to say the tournament fell in to runners up losing (laughs) losing finalists and a treble. Got ambition. I like it. I like it. No, okay. Sell, but no. He's about to take a heart attack. (laughs) Paddy, if you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? Oh, you heard me last season, so. (laughs) We sure did. Um, That's interesting. I'm I'm more akin to Muff. I think league, absolutely. It's just such a given and I think we're in a great place to do so. The other thing in terms of European progression, you've said that, you know, Ange hasn't competed at this level before and you're absolutely right with that, Miff. I think Ange has been studying European football and the Champions League all his professional life. I think this is everything he's dreamed about since he first became a manager. And I think he's had such a close eye on that from afar. He's now found himself in a position through Celtic Football Club to go and take his skills to that level and really test himself. And European football is so important to him and he's always gone on about it. You want to test yourself against the very best. 
Whether we can compete against the very best at this moment in time, I don't know. But you know that he's going to give it his absolute all. He's not going to ever think about resting players or, or boxing clever. He's going to go for it, you know, hammer and tongs. And I think we'll see a very exciting group stage. Whether we come out at second or even third, who knows? But I think it's going to be a, a real roller coaster. And I'd be hopeful of, yeah, somewhere between second and second and a half. Can we go, can we <laughs> second come second and a half in yeah. that thing? I think I think we'll, we'll we'll give a couple of teams a bloody nose, put it that way. And it could come down to the last game in terms of whether we qualify or not. So definitely some sort of uh, play second or third in the groups for me. League title, absolutely. I can take a league the league cup in Scottish Cup this season. I really can. I'd love to win them, but trebles aren't easy. Yeah, we'll, we'll know by uh, the end of August if the club is up for this in terms of who we sign. We know what we need to sign. So if they're not in the door by the end of August, then we'll know that they're not really pushing for it. Yeah, beautiful segue, James, into the final section. So just in terms of the latest transfer speculation and signings, thanks, of course, to your lads for your pre-season predictions. We'll revisit this and see just how <laughs> wrong we were uh, in 12 months' time. Um, transfer speculation. So a couple of new signings this week would seem likely, uh, and Ange said as much after the game against Blackburn. He said, quote-unquote, we're definitely going to add a couple of players. We're working on that at the moment, but would expect to do that in the next seven days. We have had to be patient just to get the ones that we want and that was much more important than rushing people in. I'm pretty confident we're close to the end point and bringing in a couple, which will help. So you'd like to think maybe by the weekend, you know, a couple more will be through the door. And the main one that's getting spoken about just now is Aaron Moy, Australian international. And obviously knows him very well. He's been heavily linked. He may even be in the door at, you know, time of recording. This is Monday evening. Um, he's available on a free contract after being released by Shanghai uh, over in China. Miff, he made his professional debut for what club in 2010? Oh, you are good, mm -hmm. St Mirren. He was at Bolton as a kid. I don't kid. remember him. No, I definitely don't. Yeah. He was at Bolton as a kid, but never featured. He did make his debut for St Mirren, and he was around for a couple of years. Scored against Rangers in 2011, I believe. Good lad. Um, 52 caps for Australia. I think his wife's Scottish, is, is what I've read. Yep. Is he what we need, Miffy? I'm crying out for a defensive midfielder, a, you know, a ball-playing centre-half. Is Aaron Moy in any of those? In his, um, in his probably most notable season at... Uh, Huddersfield mm -hmm. in the championship when they get promoted that he, he was kind of more a player dare I say a bit like McGregor was for us last season they built the play for the back whilst sort of shielding the defence so would kind of fit with that I just don't know he's obviously about 31 he's now, 31 legs wise he, he was never the fastest from what I could what I could gather um, not quite again not quite sure he necessarily fits the the mould of the the type of player we normally see and sign albeit that somebody Ange knows trusts given his track record in the transfer market, I think we just need, if Ange deems him someday worthy of being in the squad and thinks he can add to it, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, I don't have time for everyone's opinion on Aaron Moy, unfortunately, but I'll come to you with one question, Paddy, and, and you with a final question, James. Since our last show, Paddy, Bollingoli has left the building. He's moved to KV Mechelen over in Belgium. Is there anything to discuss there? I mean, the writing's been on the wall for two years, hasn't it? Yeah. Good luck, Bolly. Sad to see him go. Um, Raging. <laughs> <laughs> Furious. It should free up some decent wages, so that's got to be a positive, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, um, again, we've been very, very clever with all our business and to the point that I didn't even know he'd left. I, I'd heard about Sorrow going. Um, I just think everything's just been very, right. thanks very much for your service. See you later. Yeah. Um, very quick from Celtic this summer. He'll have been way done. They'll have paid him off. You know, he obviously had a bit of his deal to come, but they'll have said, right, here's what you're going to get and you can go and sign your new deal yeah. and everyone shakes yeah. hands. So, Dead money. so we draw a line under that one. Uh, James, last question to yourself and it's really just about 
with what you think the remaining priorities are in this window. I've talked about a ball playing centre half. I've talked about a defensive midfielder. Miff has mentioned that we're a bit light up top if Kyogo and Giacomacchus are out. What do you think the important side? If you could sign one, what's the important one for you at this moment in time? If I was signing one, it's centre half. Centre half, yeah. ball playing yeah. centre half. Yeah, I would like three. I would put up with two being midfield and centre half. If they only gave me one, it would be the centre half. Yeah. yeah, ball playing centre half. I think it's clear that Celtic are looking for that kind of guy. Was it Ko Atakura mm -hmm. they were looking at? The former Man City player. Um, a couple of other Man City types. Cowell for Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Under 23s that played with Huddersfield last year. Aye. Is he getting released of some sort? Is that right? Yeah, he's seen, apparently he said he wants to leave for yeah. first team football. Yeah. Because so. they've signed two guys in his place. Aye. So, yeah. They've been linked with those types of players. Number sixes in ball playing centre half. So I'm just hoping we can get one of them over the line. Paddy, as we start to, to run out the show for today, we obviously gave you a longer break due to your international commitments. Uh, but that's us back now, you know, fully at it for the season ahead. What's your final thoughts as we close out this week's show? I've uh, just. As I said at the start, I'm just very, very excited for, for next season. And I'm just, yeah, looking forward to a full year with you guys again as well. Um, good to be back. Nice one, Paddy. Jamie, a couple of friendlies to go. Do you think we're in a good place? I think the friendlies have been picked quite specifically. So I, th I think we're on track. Um, I think we'll be, we're in a good place for starting the league. We're not anywhere near a good place for Champions League yet, but it's a long time away. So looking forward to... Uh, seeing Crazy Boris again tomorrow uh, Wednesday night that'll After. be fun and then seeing what we're looking like on Saturday as a, as a real first 11 yeah and I think we've got seven weeks or so left of that transfer window but it will be a a real indicator as to who we bring in uh, by the time the, the window slams closed Muff Muff do you think Ange will get the signings he wants and have you got faith that whoever he brings in Aaron Moyer or, or otherwise will be the right fit for us yes I can't see the board even they're not that stupid. No, I, I don't see them being that silly that they would do anything to jeopardise the relationship that we've got with Ange. Um, if he wants something, I think he's he's built up enough credit that, that we go and get them, or at least go and make the effort to go and get them. I, I think that type of work's going on, clearly, because there is a lot of buzz about potential incomings. Um, I think what's clear is the press don't really know too much. Yeah, um, how you want it. Probably it should be. Uh, yeah, I, I'm confident they will be a good fit. You know, there, there, there's not many so far that have come in that you would argue aren't a good fit there's some that's, some that's still question marks right on just because they've not had a lot of game time which is fine that indicates that the players that are playing are doing well so eh, long may it continue yeah I think a lot of folk in regards to the potential sign of, of Aaron Moy there's a few question marks 31 free contract and stuff but I think a lot of folk are taking the approach and, and I'm taking this approach if it's good enough for Ange, it's, it's good enough for us. And Ange, you trust? Is that is that your approach, Muff? Very simple, yes. Yes, quite simply. So after a rare July without the challenge of European qualifiers, Celtic now have just two friendly games left before the season kicks off for real. The squad's looking in healthy shape after the pre-season camp, and if Ange has his way, we'll have a couple more signings to add to that in the coming days. Thanks to Muff, James and Parry for joining me today, and thanks to you for tuning in. Whether you're an existing fan of the show or a brand new listener, the support goes a long way towards making what we do possible. I'll have some very exciting news for you next week regarding some new ways to enjoy what we do at the Celtic Exchange. But in the meantime, from all of us here, we'll see you next time. <laughs>